from the banks of Dewey Lake, it's the Dewey Pod Monster. Welcome back. My name is John, and this is the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. This is the original podcast about consumption. On this podcast, we talk about all kinds of things, anything consumable, be it edible, uh, ingestible, or watchable, whatever. All kinds of good stuff. With me this week, as always, is the host of the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast, and his name is Sean. He's also the authority on Michigan craft beer, and he's going to say something to shut me the hell up right about now. We got a lot of these. In that, in that there intro, I'm just picking mushrooms off my face. What are you up to, John? How you doing? How you doing this week, buddy? Oh, buddy boy. I already, I already ate the mushrooms that were on my face, so mm. doing pretty good. Yum. I don't like mushrooms. I, I don't like most mushrooms. Yeah. There's some that are acceptable. I don't think I like any mushrooms. I've never met a mushroom that I liked. That's true. They tend to be a little ravenous. I hear they're a bunch of fun guy. <laughs> oh. Ugh. Was that in the show, or was that one that you just made up on the spot? I mean, the dad joke runs deep here, so I don't know if that's... They don't mention that. Oh, no, I think that's one of the... Okay, we'll get into it. that whole book of puns. We, oh, man. Anyway. You just spoiled it. Yes, the book of puns. Okay. I'm sure that was a book of pun pun. That's what we're going for. A fun pun. What have you been watching this week? What have I been watching? The eternal question. I Also, you know, I am a big, I don't know, fan, purveyor of wrestling adjacent things like i don't really watch wrestling that much i don't watch wrestling at all to be honest i used to but i love behind the scenes wrestling stuff so i watched the latest wwe biography for us as at the time of this recording it was the kane episode kane is glenn jacobs he's the mayor of like knox county which in tennessee which i don't understand how you can be the mayor of a county i didn't look it up like is knoxville is in knox county i think Maybe I'm ignorant, and I probably am. I don't know. Regardless. So I watched that, and I found Vice, who do Dark Side of the Ring, have another show that I didn't know anything about. So it's like I'm discovering this gold mine of stuff to watch. It's called Tales from the Territories, and it covers wrestling before it was WWE, WCW, when it was these local territorial wrestling promotions. So it's a, I think it's a 10-part thing. I'm, I've only watched the first two so far. The first one has Jeff Jarrett, his father, Jerry Jarrett, Jerry Lawler, Jimmy Hart, another dude that I can't remember his name right now. But they talk about the Memphis territory, territorial wrestling stuff that basically how they they say that this Memphis territory wrestling, it's called something else completely. And I, I didn't. I didn't look up what the name of it was, but they kind of talk about how it influenced WWE and all the wrestling that we watch now. So that first episode are just kind of like tales. They they would tell stories. They're all these old guys sitting around a table telling stories about wrestling back in the old days of territorial wrestling. And I also watched the second episode, and that was totally dedicated to the Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler whole thing. The whole That feels like a match. turn compared to what you just described well that's all takes place in the same territory same time yeah frame. just the the vibe of that wrestling match though well it's kind of funny because the first one is all these individual stories and they kind of play it as being these individual stories you know they have like little title cards that go in between the stories they're going to tell and then the second episode is all just devoted to one story but it's a really interesting story and i didn't really know everything about it and they kind of mention it in this episode 
that, you know, a lot of people just thought it was that first match and that's where it ended. But they covered the the slap on the David Letterman show and how, you know, Kaufman joining that federation or that territorial thing, but became the lightning but, rod for Letterman, according to him. What? But was there a poke of doom? No, that came later. If it weren't for the slap, there might not be a poke of doom. I don't know. That poke of doom is pretty intense. The thing that I thought was crazy about that whole thing that I really kind of thought about, not the poke of doom and not the slap, they had a stadium that they regularly performed in. It was the Memphis something stadium. It held 10,000 people and it regularly sold out for just this this wrestling show, this territorial regional wrestling show. I thought that was really kind of fascinating that that many people week in, week out would go see this wrestling show. And they did travel a few other places, but they had a small territory, so they didn't have... It's not like you think the 80s in WWE or maybe late 80s, where every weekend you would see the commercial for the pro- or the promo where they'd be on the road, you know, hey, come into the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah. They're going to have Coco Beware fight, you know, Kamala or somebody. I, know. I mean, that's pretty crazy, but if you think about it, back when the... First, they were the junior Red Wings, the minor league hockey around here, and then they were the Vipers, and I believe the Vipers played at the Joe the same way that the uh, Red Wings did. Vipers played at the Palace. Until they played at the Palace? Yeah. So that's a big arena, too, but they both regularly sold out, and that's just minor league hockey. The Vipers didn't sell it. out. They sold out enough. They sold, they sold 10, out when Dordy Howe came and played a game for his like fourth yeah, well, decade or whatever to play hockey. You got to do what you got to do to put butts in seats. I'll, get, I bet I'll you, give them that. It, so what was the palace like an 80,000 person arena, something like that? I don't know if it was quite that much. Silverdome for WrestleMania three was 90,000 plus, And they had people on the main floor, which that you didn't generally have for basketball games. But I would, I think the palace was probably more like 40 to 60. I got to think it's been closer to 60 because it was a professional NBA. They did the final four there a few years. So either way, if they're a quarter of the way full, they're at even on the low end. They're at that 10,000 mark, roughly. I'm looking at it. You're looking it up, aren't you? I am. I need to know this now. Hmm. Uh, uh, Capacity. It says it's permanently closed. What? It is permanently closed. It's not even there now. They tore it down. What? Did you really (laughs) not know that they... We are so overshooting the capacity of the Palace of Auburn Hills. 25. Yeah. According to... You looked it up. You son of a bitch. According to Google, 24,276. What's the capacity of the Joe or what was? I'm just curious now that you've said that. This is like the biggest sidetrack that's probably all going to get cut out, isn't it? Well, I'm typing with one hand because my other hand's blocked by the microphone. Uh, Joe Lewis Arena capacity. There we go. According to the Google, from 20,000 for hockey games to over 21,000 for concerts. And that's according to the Detroit Historical Society. Okay, well, I stand corrected then. I don't know how they got 10,000 people to see that every weekend. That's, I mean, that's a lot, you know, and they said no, that, that is that's at the height a... of this Lawler Kaufman feud that it was people they could fit. They had 11,000 people and it had to turn people away. And the extra people were sitting on the stairs that would go up to like the rafters. That's how many people, <laughs> that's how many people they stuffed in. Right. There. Well, that's uh should have fire marshal was part of that. I think the fire marshal was thing. probably sitting ringside. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't exist back then. Right. Right. I saw that wrestling series that you were talking about. I just, I. I don't, this has been a shitty week for me, like outside of normal stuff, like actual real life things have not been great. So I haven't had as much time to sit back and watch a lot of things. I saw that wrestling series you were talking about, though, and was thinking about starting it. Then I tried getting into the Kane episode and 
for whatever reason, it just, it wasn't working that night. I couldn't, couldn't pay attention to it. So I switched gears and put on a really, really, really bad documentary on Tubi called, what's it called? Movie Orders, VHS to DVD and beyond. And it's literally just an hour and a half of guys in rooms where they, they have about, I don't know, about a body worth of space between each shelving unit that they have. Like it's set up like different They've like set up their home like aisles in a video store that's overfilled, like as if a video store always. Do you remember when video stores would get a movie and they would have like a hundred copies of I don't know Jurassic Park or whatever the big movie was when it first came out? Yeah, like Blockbuster would have stacks and shelves full of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then the smart ones would would sell those and get rid of them, and once it lost popular or Steam or whatever, and they go down to like one or two copies. It's like these guys never got rid of those 300 copies. They just shoved them all in shelves in their house, and they're just walking around in these fucking catacombs of, you know, movies that they've collected over the course of their lives. They're all super alone, and I'm not trying to, like, totally shit on these guys, but it's going to sound that way. I I kept thinking, like, oh, you're super alone because you can't fit another person in that hovel that you're calling a house. That's cute. I wasn't quite sure what you meant when you said a body's width or worth or whatever you like said shoulder yeah, now to I shoulder realize. plus yeah like, shoulder to shoulder plus like about? maybe maybe an inch on either side something like that and they all have these really stupid stories like yeah i really fell into love with vhs but then i grew up and got into dvd now i only collect dvd because quality's good enough oh, okay i i saw this thing i watched jeopardy because i'm old and i record it and watch it and they had the I watch it when I have when I'm making dinner all the time. Did you see the episode? They had the high school reunion tournament, and there was a girl who said, "Oh, I'm an I, I think I'm just an old soul. I like to collect old things." And she talked about how she collected DVDs, and she's like, "Yeah, I just got a new DVD." I was like, "Oh my god, really?" I mean, they're not that old. No, they still make them, right? And it's not like oh. it's not like I don't know. It's not like they're that hard to find. I wouldn't think like if you could go they to have Walmart, them at Walmart. Yeah, they have like bins yeah. full of them. I mean, they're probably not the ones that you want or you go into any thrift store and they have a whole like 15 boxes of them if if you feel like sifting through them i'm sure you can find all kinds of random crap there i got a real bug up my ass about well in the 2020 during the pandemic i had to find a vhs player and i bought one from salvation army or actually yeah salvation army thrift store um, good no salvation army let's just call it salvation army and uh, i went there and just bought all the the blank vhs tapes that they had or the ones with you Mm -hmm. know labels with like handmade labels so i could yeah. maybe catch some really weird crazy stuff i think the, the 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 craziest thing i found was like a a public access channel that was recorded for four hours or something it was it was awful <laughs> and a, and an ending of a um a magnum pi episode so that was my uh my big discovery that'll be one of the weirdest like pandemic copies that i've heard about so far was buying random blank tapes at not the VHS part. Yeah. Like I, I can understand that, but buying the random blank tapes to see what's on them is kind of impressive. It's you don't really think of how hard it is to get that on your computer. Like I had this whole system hooked up where it was all these crazy like nine dollar shitty adapters that I could find on Amazon to hook it up to ca- a capture card, basically to hook up to my computer to run RCAs into it to capture these shitty VHS tapes that i had and you have to it's real time you know there's no way to fast forward and record it and then slow it down i mean you have to sit there the whole hour and two hour four hour however long the tape set up for to to record it but yeah i found some 
some weird stuff on there. Not anything like found footage, kind of murders or snuff films or anything, but weird in its own right. Magnum P.I., some like Christmas movie called, I don't know, Rudolph or something that I wouldn't, I would never watch, but I, I recorded it to my computer. So they're on there. I can't say that I can relate to that from a VHS standpoint, but I did try to do that with just converting DVD to digital files. Mm-hmm. And by the second one, I was just like, fuck this. I'd rather buy everything all over again than convert all this like stacks of shit onto. And at the time, I don't even remember what I want to say it was using VLC and some kind of something to rip it off of the DVD. But it, it was a it wasn't quite real time. Like it didn't take in say if it was an hour and a half movie, it probably took like an hour that to long? rip the whole wow. thing. Yeah, it, it was tedious cumbersome it, it's yeah. it's so, really daunting when you when you see your big stack of movies that you want to copy over and at first yeah. the first couple you're like oh this is okay but like you said you get to through three or four and you're like oh my god i mean i'm thinking like 20 minutes to convert and you're talking like an hour holy shit well and i did it with music too because i got i went through this we had just moved and i wanted to get rid of all like i don't ever want to move all these fucking cds again i have a i have an ipod that will never go out of uh trend or whatever yeah now everything's in some cloud somewhere or whatever but i got rid of i don't know how many fucking cds and that was like a month-long process of just fucking saving everything to itunes and like wow this will never be a problem and i probably lost stuff that i'll never find again but on a day-to-day basis i I don't care i'm just glad i never have to move it again we really need to separate all this technology talk into a separate episode i think that if the if the listeners want to hear it i think we could probably have a a drink and shoot the shit about just talking about this minutia. Yeah. Outdated technology. Yeah. Just <laughs> the, the links that you'd go through to get some of the crap that you wanted to get. Yeah. Past that. I mean, the only other thing I really got into, I rewatched Planet Terror. Cause like I said, I was in a shit mood. So I wanted a movie I really like, and that movie holds up so well. So as the authority on Michigan beer, why don't you tell me about whatever beer you're drinking? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, why don't you just tell me about the beer that you're drinking today? I was going to say, we should probably talk about this because this is a, this is the original podcast about consumption. I'm sure there's no one ever in the history of recorded spoken word that ever talked about consuming things like we do because we are the original. But I am drinking a 2019 Witch's Hat Tracks, which if anybody's unfamiliar, if you're not in Michigan, Witch's Hat is out of South Line, Michigan. Tracks is one of their yearly releases that people used to really lose their shit about. And I don't know if they do so much anymore because there's so much saturation of beer on the market. But this is an Imperial Stout with molasses and lactose. It's aged in bourbon barrels and all that good stuff with peanut butter, vanilla beans, real vanilla beans, toasted coconut and cocoa nibs. And um, it's 13.5%. So I'm more than halfway through this. So I should start feeling the effects. But I remember when this was like, this was a grail beer oh, for people to get. That was one of the beers that got me really like off the deep end into beer. So for those around here, you'll, you'll like in the Michigan area, you probably like me found beer through Oberon and through Two Hearted and shit like that. And then gradually you found your way to the KBS releases and those types of things that were bigger. But that the Witch's Hat one was the first one that I really uh, remember falling in love with. That wasn't some, in my head, big, small brewery, if that makes any sense. Yeah, they've been, I mean, they've been, I don't know if you call them nano, but they've been independent. I guess you call it independent. Let's call it independent yeah. craft beer. Yeah, whatever that. Sure. Is. Whatever craft beer is. Right. I don't even know. 
yeah, that's pretty much all we got on. So do you want to get into this topic? Because apparently I just stalled out and we were on technology talk and I'm then beer talk. I and, need a reboot. Yeah. Let's get into yeah. it. Let's get it on. Let's get into it. As they say. All right. So we're talking about a TV show this week. This is what the second TV show we've talked about. I think I believe Cobra yeah. Kai, we talked about Cobra Kai and I think that's the only yeah. entirety of a, of a TV show. And this is, we're talking strictly right. season one. So if you, have not seen The Last of Us. Did we already mention what the title was? No, we just did. Okay, well, look, we're talking about The Last of Us Season 1. <laughs> so this is going to encompass all of Season 1. If you haven't watched all of Season 1, or if this is something that you feel like you want to watch, pause this podcast, go watch, I don't know, about seven-ish, seven and a half hours worth of TV, and then come back and listen. Because while we're not going to get in depth on all this stuff, we are going to talk about things that happen in the show, and they are going to probably be spoilers because how could we talk about an entire season without talking about what happens at the end? I mean, I kind of feel like that with anything that we talk about, but this is new. It's not like we're talking about a 40-year-old television show like some of the movies that we do. This show, as we're recording this, just wrapped up last week, I believe. Yep. So it's it's pretty fresh. There's a good chance that if you are interested in the show on any level that you just flat out might not have had a chance to get to it yet. So... The Last of Us. This is a TV show that, as we mentioned, it's on HBO. It premiered in 2023, so this year. And it is very roughly a story about after a global pandemic destroying civilization, a hardened survivor takes charge of a 14-year-old girl who may be humanity's last hope. Which I think if you're going to actually try to sum up this, make a one-sentence like synopsis of this show, all nine episodes. That's about as good as you could do. And this is based, if we haven't said it yet, this is based on a PlayStation 3 game of the same title by Naughty Dog Studios. Some of the people that were involved in the writing of the game, Neil Druckmann, I think, for example, was a writer on the game. He was a writer on the show. So the show, while it doesn't match beat for beat, and some of the characters are obviously a little bit different to make it interesting for television. It is very similar to the game of the same name. So if you've played the game and you know how the story goes in the game, you more than likely know what happens in the show, or at least you get the gist of it. So let's get that out of the way before we dwell too much on the game. Putting myself out there, I have not played this game at all. I I gave up on video games around the time when this was co- when this originally came out, so... Admittedly, for anyone who wants to get mad at me about this, because I've seen a bunch of reviews about this particular show complaining about this not being adapted enough or too much to the whatever, I don't have any real knowledge of the video gaming side of this other than that it was a video game. That's about the extent of my knowledge. Have you played these games? Do you have more experience or knowledge to that side of the story? So I am, of the two of us, the gamer and I'm not even, that's like a loose term. I, I don't play that many games. I do play games very in-depth nowadays, but I don't play very many games. The Last of Us was a game that I did actually, it's like one of the few games that I actually finished, like came to completion and saw up until the end. And that doesn't happen for me very often. So I, yeah, I've, I've played this game, the first one, because there are two games. I played the first game to completion. I didn't play like, I've only played it once through. So while things came up in, in, in the show, they were familiar to me because there were things that I remember playing in the game and thinking to myself, oh, when is this part going to come up? Okay. I had mentioned when I started watching this that even though I hadn't played it, it felt very much so like it was shot, at least in the first couple episodes, maybe not so much in the latter half of the, the season, 
there's a lot of scenes and a lot of shots where I felt like hmm, it feels like they're really pulling on that video game feel to try to make this look the way that it does. Am I wrong with that? Or is that something that that for someone who played it, does that sound accurate at all? I think you're going to have to explain to me what you mean by video game feel. I felt like the first episode or two. Yeah, probably the first two episodes, because three takes a pretty big tonal shift. The first two episodes, I felt like it was a lot of like moving from level one cutscene, level two cutscene, level three, and so on, as it progressed the story and how they were getting from point A to point B and, and so forth. I don't understand what that means. So, I, and I'm not trying to be difficult. To me, isn't that how a story progresses? Like an ep- episodic television show progresses that way, doesn't it? it? Aren't there actions that get you from point A to point B to point C to, I mean, the whole thing would be a cutscene. Because you're not controlling these characters. So, like in the game, for example, the game starts, if I rem- it's been a long time, so forgive me for not remembering all the, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking more to the listener, that's probably... Sh- I'm not forgiving you at all. Sh- yeah, I know. Jerk. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the person that's probably shouting at their phone or their computer or wherever they're listening to this about, oh, this guy's an asshole, he says he played the game. So it's been a long time. I could think the game was 20... I want to say it was like 10 years ago, but it probably was more like, I don't know, eight. Anyways, you start the game from my recollection as the daughter, that Joel's daughter, and you're in the house, or maybe you play as Joel, I don't know. But it happens where a lot of the opening part, the daughter is a lot smaller that I remember in the game. I'm thinking she's more like 10, 9 to like 11, that age range. So it's a little bit different, but... I, I just don't, there's not, like, that first episode really follows along the first, like, the prologue of the game, because when you get to the point where Joel, if I'm remembering correctly about even the show, there becomes a point where Joel ages. It's like 20 years in the future, right? Is it 20 or 30 years into the future? 20. I believe it's 20. And we could uh, be wrong. Side note, the game, the game released in 2013. Okay, so about 10 years ago, I was right. But yeah, so uh, up until that point, there's not, it's kind of like... And I know you haven't played games, but it's almost like a walking simulator up to that point, meaning that you are not really, you're just kind of observing the surroundings. There's not much gameplay to to speak of, like there's not much action because you're playing through the eyes of a secondary care of the small character that spoiler in the first episode passes away. Like something happens and she doesn't, she's not in the, in the series anymore. She dies. And that's kind of what molds Joel from being a probably I'd say in his thirties or so in the start of the series and the game to being I think they say he's fifty. Yeah. At, at the, after the progression. The, yeah. So yeah, I mean I, I it's hard to compare the game to the show in that respect because there's not really much that happens. But I just when people say this this seems like a game, I think of I think of movies that we've talked about in the past, like the Warriors, right? Where that feels like yeah. you're pl- like the Warriors are playing through a stage. They're going from one set piece to the next set piece to the next set piece. But that's a movie. That's a feature film. And you can do that in an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. But when you have episodic television, I feel like it makes it hard for you not to present yourself in that way unless you are doing it where it's like almost like a to be continued. And this show overall, to me, feels very much almost like a monster of the week show. Like you you kind of reach who the antagonist is going to be. Or you reach like, there's like an overarching plan for the entire episode. And then when the episode is over, you move on to the next, into the next arc of the story. And that to me, that's where I would say this feels very gamey. Okay. I didn't even think of it that way, but that's fair. 
this also is probably making me sound like I don't know what a fucking video game looks like, which is accurate. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a vi- it's not video gamey in the in the classic sense. Like we talk, like we talked about, like a renegade or a double dragon and or something. There's obviously there's at a least huge story. seventeen bits. Yeah, what's that? There's at least what seventeen seventeen bits. Oh, yeah, this is a, at least a seventeen bit video game. Yeah, for sure. Yes, mm-hmm. clearly. Off of that, so uh, we've talked a little bit of kind of where this story starts, it sounds like. You're getting your main characters in this. You have Pedro Pascal, who plays Joel, who is the, I'd say he's the lead yeah. of the show. Yep. Like He's the main guy, you have two, sure. two mains, two leads. Yeah, he is eventually paired up with the 14-year-old, as mentioned, that is considered to be the last chance for survival in this, or arguably the last chance for survival. Her name, uh, Her character's name is Ellie. And she's kind of a dick. Played by other Be- characters. Played that- by Bella Ramsey. Or, yeah, Bella Ramsey, who you may know as Leanna Mormont from Game of Thrones, the little, the little, the Queen of the North kind of not Queen of the whatever oh. Game of Thrones I little girl. Now that you say that, I realize that I didn't realize it when I was watching. Anyway, if I didn't mention what Joel, he's played by Pedro Pascal, who we love from the unbearable truth of massive talent, whatever. And obviously, he's the Mandalorian. He's probably. Probably one of the more popular actors that's out there right now, as far as guys who hasn't been around forever. Yeah, he's defi- to- definitely hitting a hot streak in his career right now. He's in, yeah. you know, quite a few things. Yeah. Honestly, he's great. I-, I haven't seen anything that I haven't liked his performance in whatever character is, whatever that at that point to this date. And I'd say he's still good in this, even though my opinion of the show is going to, well, we'll get to that. But he, his character and, how he plays the character and what he brings to the performance. I mean, you, I don't know that you could ask for a lot more out of really either of the two leads in this show. Basically, the premise of the show is that Joel has been tasked with traveling or escorting Ellie across the country from Boston to, what is it, Utah, Salt Lake City? Well, I think initially it's like Wyoming or whatever, but... I thought it was Arizona. It's west. Yes, a long way, where there yes. are... The human civilization has pretty much become little civilizations or little towns that have demilitarized zones and they have basically um, military that that control each little city. So they have to try to make their way across country because Ellie has something in her genetics that is making her immune to this virus that is had has taken over the world basically and this virus it's not so much a virus but it's a fungus it's a fungal infection that turns people eventually into these clickers or these they're basically like an analog to a zombie so this show in the grand scheme of things is like a dystopian apocalypse for for lack of a better term and joel and ellie travel across the country to try and get her to a lab where these rebels known as the fireflies can possibly synthesize her blood and and develop a cure for this for this fungal infection that is affecting all different types of life is that safe to say does it affect all it affects human lives i didn't know well everything else though everything else that i said was roughly what we're talking about yeah i don't know if i want to go through episode by episode no i don't think we should that yeah there's a couple things i want to point out with them that i don't feel like i even need to break it down that much do you have like overarching thoughts that we want to start with I just think that I know that this show's getting been getting a lot of buzz, a lot of talk about this show. And the thing I think that we need to throw out there for people maybe 
I mean, I'd be really surprised if anybody listening to this either A, hasn't heard about the show, or B, hasn't heard about the game, or C, hasn't watched the show played the or played the game. I think I'm, I fit into category C, where I've watched the show, I've played the game. You fit into category B, that you've heard of the show, or that you've watched the show, but you haven't played the game. And I was aware of both, though. Yeah, okay, but I mean, you haven't played it, so... I think that it'd be weird if anybody's listening. To, I, I personally feel that it's it would be odd that someone would listen to the show and have never heard of any of it. But I think I think that the game is very good. Sound a little bit like caveman like the game is very good. But I think the show is bored. <laughs> I think the show is better than the game. I mean, the game does some things really well and the show kind of fleshes that out a little bit more. So we have some episodes that are they're really encapsulated there are two shows specifically that deal more with not necessarily side characters one show in particular episode three deals specifically in these side characters it's like the whole episode is about these two characters that you never really see much you don't see them at all they're encapsulated in that that episode episode, and they have mentions after that but they're that's pretty much it and then another episode later down the line i want to say it was like five or six was it seven is all about so well the ellie episode about her yeah i wasn't quite sure there's other nine episodes i think it's seven there's nine total okay yeah so so that makes sense seven so it's this is a really weird like that there are only nine episodes you know i would think it was either going to be eight or going to be ten from what i read there was supposed to be ten and they took it down to nine and i actually have an opinion about that because you know, we had, well, I might as well just say yeah. now. We've already mentioned the two episodes in question being episode three and episode seven. Personally, I think episode three is the best episode of the series. It is entirely isolated from the rest of the show, in a sense. Like it's in the same world and you're seeing a different perspective of what happened. You're getting two different characters that go through the same catastrophe, but deal with it in whole different ways than what Joel has. And it's really well told. It's It's got Nick Offerman, and he's, in my opinion, he's great in just about everything that he's in. And I can't remember the guy that's acting opposite of him, what his name is, regardless. You know, they do a really good job of telling this little one-hour encapsulated, roughly one-hour encapsulated story about these two characters. And they really make you feel for them throughout the runtime of that episode. Cool. The problem I have with that, and it's the same problem that I, and and you could even say, make a similar argument about the Ellie episode where, and when in episode seven, it gives you so much more depth to her character. And this is different in that this is the character that we've been with, with the exception of episode three through this whole show, basically. But they give you a lot more character development to her. You get to learn a lot more about her motivations and kind of why she is, how she is, and not the, the cure part but like her personality and that type of shit and that's that episode i I didn't like it as much but it's it's fine for what it is but in a nine episode series it almost feels like you have two episodes that i I, i'm saying this this way because i don't have a better term that are almost like throwaway episodes that they don't really attach to the main story that you're trying to tell and they kind of pull you out of you know for this kind of television show, it's not like if you're watching a show like Seinfeld or whatever, where no one episode necessarily like correlates to the other. Like you don't have to have like a direct line to watch them and know what's going on. For the most part, you could shuffle them in any order and you're going to be fine. 
for a show like this where there's only nine episodes in this season to have two little side pieces like this that they do have things that tie back into the main show and the main storyline but really they're an hour-long episode that just totally diverts from the rest of the story it almost feels like a waste of what else they might have been able to do to put that time in there and i don't know the source material so maybe they're it's justified because maybe that is part of the source material. I don't know. Or maybe it just uh, when they needed to fill at least so many episodes and they just didn't have enough to do a 10. It kind of felt that way with how this wrapped. But it's kind of a one of the, even though one of those episodes is my favorite of the run, it's one of the big, bigger negatives I have about this show. Yeah, it's almost like they took these episodes. So this is a serial show rather than a procedural, and a procedural is like one where it kind of wraps up like you're talking Seinfeld. I don't even know if that's considered a procedural. Those are usually more considered. Probably not the best episode or best example. But these are but- two like, it's like a mixing, right? We have the serial show because it's telling a continual story. And then we have these two like procedural episodes inside of it where they are... They're like adjacent, but we don't, I mean, we get, we get the, the Joel backstory from that first episode, which is part of the story in like 15 minutes too. Well, that's a longer episode. It was probably more like 30 minutes, but whatever. And we get the Ellie backstory in, in a full 45 or 50 or 55, whatever the runtime of that episode is. So it's kind of, it, it's playing back and forth with that. There is nothing in the game that really fleshes out Ellie's character in this way. I think there is talk about her mother and like, you know, her losing her mother at a young age and stuff like that. It's just kind of in passing, but it's not done in this way. There's no like big backstory, like flashback that you do or anything in the game. Am I wrong in that? It feels like this weird side story that almost is again. It's it's a weird thing to say, because, again, both those episodes are two of the stronger episodes of the show, in my opinion. But they also take away from one of the things I don't like about the show. If that makes any sense at all. For me personally, when those episodes came up and the the third episode, the one with Nick Offerman, I really enjoyed the episode. But at the same time, when I'm watching the show and I want the story to progress, it it was a little bit of a letdown. Like, oh, come on. They're not going to do anything with these main characters. They're not going to tell us any more about the story. That was a bit of a letdown, I think, you know, in my opinion, for me watching it, you know, weekly, because I was watching Sunday night. I'm watching, you were watching it live. I I got through it in like a week and a half. Like when it was all done, when you're watching it live and you're kind of like, okay, what's going to, oh boy, you know, you're rubbing your hands together. What's going to happen next with these characters? How are they going to do this? What, how are they going to get out of whatever situation they left them in? Where are they going to go next? Stuff like that. To me personally, watching it live like that was kind of like, again, while the show, the episodes were really strong on their own in the sequence that they are shown, it's kind of like, oh, so I guess we're just going to get this backstory of these characters, you know, where I'm waiting for, for the story to progress. And especially with it being a limited series. I mean, I love limited series like this. I love the kind of English or the BBC approach to shows where they have six to eight to ten episodes or whatever, and that's it. I don't like the American approach where it's like there are 28 episodes in a season and you got to sit through 20 hours of a show just to get through the storyline of the thing. But, but in this specific example, when they only have so much time to show you and they spend two episodes at the time, it's like, come on, can we please just get to where we're going? Well, and the flip side of that is I wasn't sure that these were integral to kind of keep to the storyline that was in the game. So maybe that's if in my head, I was like, maybe that's why this is in there. Maybe it's whatever. But 
I do appreciate the fact that even if they only cut one episode out, that we didn't get an additional episode of just filler. Like one of the things that BBC shows will do that you mentioned is if they only have an odd number of episodes, 12 episodes is what's ordered, but they only have nine episodes worth of stuff. It's a nine episode season. And HBO is one of the channels that's willing to kind of adjust based off the show that they have, what content they have to make it generally better. I mean, they, HBO has got to be the most consistent, like great series producer out there. Yeah, the quality is is constantly top notch. Even for stuff that you wouldn't think you would like, like we've talked about Peacemaker briefly. I didn't think I was going to like Peacemaker just because it's been well stated. I'm over the whole comic book thing, and I I enjoyed the hell out of that show. Granted, I'm sure a big part of that was James Gunn as much as anything else, but it's an HBO series. Like I should know that generally, I'm at least going to be okay with whatever they get. So, what did you think of the whole? the whole concept of the show like what was there we talked offline or off mic a little bit before and you mentioned mm-hmm. that you thought that this show was going to suffer a little bit of the walking deadism i think it does we've already established that these aren't zombies but they're essentially yeah, zombie for all creatures. for all intents and purposes they may as well be zombies here's what's kind of weird about this show to me and again i see, this is the other big problem i had with the show the first probably episode three aside the first like three-ish episodes or so they play a lot like the walking dead in that you got some characters walking around you know there's a lurking danger some crazy shit runs out at you scream someone gets bit they shoot some people they move on to the next thing and you're kind of whittling down the group that you're with it's very formulaic okay so where what was what I didn't expect and what kind of annoyed me even more is somewhere around like episode five, this just turned into Lord of the fucking rings where it was just a couple people walking across the goddamn country waiting for something to happen. You it feels like you literally go like three episodes without any real danger from the clickers or whatever they're called popping up. Now, there's new dangers that present themselves in the form of raiders or i think they call them raiders in the show or just people being people essentially and that's moderately interesting as well but in i never after like episode four i almost forgot that there these zombie white creatures were an actual problem because they come around so infrequently and even when they do pop up for like a minute they're kind of like half dead like almost like they're starved and just like "Eh, i'm gonna bite you come over here so i can bite you yeah. Yeah, they do get taken care of really quickly. I don't I, I guess I don't understand your your Lord of the Rings reference because most of the show they do take on new people. Like a couple episodes they meet a couple other people. They meet you know, they meet the other I don't know, Fedra or whoever's running is it St. Louis that they're at. They meet this whole other group of adversaries, but for the most part, I mean a lot of the show is just Joel and Ellie, and for a, a little bit of the show I think it's episode four or five where they get St. Louis and you almost think that the, the two, the brothers are going to be part of the group until you realize mm-hmm. that the, the younger brother, the deaf brother it had, was bit. And then the older brother takes, you know, he takes care of business there and he takes his own life in his hands because, you know, he doesn't really have anything to live for anymore because everything's just so bleak. And in that respect, it's like a very bleak and at times, depressing show it has these really low lows but it also has some you know some moderately high highs you know but i think that like when what high highs or i didn't or bleak? That, 
I'm depressed enough on a daily basis. I don't need fucking plant zombies reminding me how much life sucks on a weekly, like hour long update. We, but you can't, you, you can, but you just said that the zombies aren't in there. So how can you then in the same breath or the, the second breath, tell me that it's depressing because there's zombies. It's depressing because there's not enough zombies. So which one is it? Is there, is it depressing because there aren't enough zombies or that there are too many zombies? It's depressing because there's no joy in the show. Like the only things, and there's nothing in the show that has any break of levity in it. There's nothing in it that is any breath of fresh air to make you kind of, it's not even a tension thing, but like you almost think of it as like when you, we've talked about tension in movies a bunch of times on this show and, and it it can be the same for a television show. If you're going to just ratchet up the tension over and over again, you have to have some kind of release on it to kind of make that tension pay off. This isn't really tension because it's just a dramatic undertone, for lack of better wording. But there's never any like break in it, kind of make you feel like it's relieving all this like dullness and all this just walking across the countryside. And when they do try to do it, it comes off as really out of character. Like they'll start reading off this bad joke book, which was fine for like the first episode that they did. But like by episode nine, it's like, Neither of these characters give a shit about these puns anymore. Why should I give a shit about these puns? But we have a whole episode where they're in civilization, where Joel meets up with his brother in Wyoming. We have an episode where they have they have the ability to stay there. But I got to break it to you. Life isn't, and I feel like such an asshole saying this, but life isn't always peaches, you know, peaches and cream. They're, they have a job to do. To hell you say. Yeah, I know. They have a job to do. They have to take Ellie to get to this place. I mean, that's the mission to do. Joel is very much, he has to have a purpose or he doesn't live, right? I mean, I think it's, I'll even. I got a newsflash I'll even for bag on Another a, bummer. I'll even bag on a little bit life. is that Joel gets shanked with that, whatever that is. And he's like, there's a whole episode where he's on the verge of death. And he all, all of a sudden just springs up and, you know, it's because he has that purpose. If he didn't have that purpose, if he didn't have that mission, he would have just fucking died. But because he has that mission, he has this girl that he has to save that he feels like as close to as his own daughter at this point, he has to do it. I mean, you say that there's no break, that there's no levity, and then you bag on the the pun, which again, I'm not a proponent of the puns, but we have this whole episode where he has the choice. He's His brother is willing to take her to where he needs to take her, and Joel says, no, I'll do it. Give me the horse. Give me that rifle because it looks pretty cool and I lost mine. I'll do it myself. Yeah, but he doesn't really do it because of that. He does it for her, which is fine. Like, he he tries everything he can to get her to go with, what's his name? Tommy, I think his name was? His brother? Yep, Tommy. Mm-hmm. He just does it because he gets guilt tripped by a 14-year-old, which is fine. It's just, at the end of the day, like, the problem I had with, the biggest problem I had with the show is it's just not enjoyable for me. The stuff that's supposed to be, like, the, again, the zombie type stuff I've seen, or I feel like I've seen in one way or another in this type of format, the stuff that's not like that, it's just not entertaining. It's, it didn't hold me, enough, hold me where I wanted. Didn't hold you in its big, muscular, hairy arms. Tell you it was going to no, be okay. I wanted, I wanted mushroom infested arms and I got hairy arms. You should probably, you should play the game. I should not play the game. This is the second time you've tried me to get to play the game. I'm not going to play the fucking game. I don't think I've tried first, second time today. No, just second time. I think you got to break down so, these walls of being so anti-game. The the bad game hurt you. Point to the spot where the bad game touched you. And, you know, let's move on with it. So defend the show for me. 
because I've I've gone like it's pretty clear that I'm not a fan of the show. Yeah, I am a big fan so. of the show. I like I like things that are shitty. Like I like sometimes <laughs> I I want to you know what I want to see John is I want to see a movie where the hero does all the bullshit that the hero does and at the end he fucking dies and the bad guy wins and that's the end. There is no sequel, there is no continuation. There is no one saying, hey, little Johnny, let, stroke, let me stroke your hair and tell you it's going to be all right. Shit fucking sucks, dude. People fucking die. Things happen. The show is depressing. It is very bleak. It has moments of levity when you have gone through shit that sucks. Like Joel's, what is her name? Um, what's the Anna Torv's name? So that's another thing. Anna Torv shows up in this episode for three, three or this show for three shows, Tess. Tess dies. She dies in the game. She dies in the show. She dies in like the third second or I think she dies in the second episode because in the third episode, it's all flashback that she shows up. But I don't watch things because I want to be uplifted. I want to watch things because they either make me feel a certain way or they make me think about things. So, you know, shit sucks. People fucking die. The characters that you like. That's why I loved Game of Thrones. End of the first season, again, spoiler for anybody who hasn't watched a show from probably about 10 years ago too, Sean Bean is the main character of of Game of Thrones the entire time, and he gets his head cut off yeah, but like right at the end. You should have known that just by seeing that Sean Bean was casted. I don't, I don't, let's not, I don't subscribe to that shit either. But, so, you're not, that's not speaking logic to me. But that's what I like about this show. It's not all peaches and cream, you know? It's not all sunshines, lollipops, and rainbows. It, it's bleak. There are, you have to, when life sucks sometimes, you have to look for the, for the silver lining in things. You have to be realistic. That's my, that's my outlook on things. And that's, this show speaks to me because of that. I'm not saying this is the best show that I've ever seen. This is probably not a show that I will watch the first season again and be like, man, I really love that show. What a great show. I don't really watch anything, honestly. Even stuff that I really, really like, I don't watch that many times. So I'm not going to sit and watch nine episodes of a show a second time through because I think it's a good show. But I think compared to a lot of the shit that we deal with on a daily basis, reality TV, shitty reality TV, I'm not talking about the real world. Okay, real world, real world season one through four, that's all the best TV. That's all the best reality TV. But the, also rewatch. Yes, I agree. It only takes 40 years and you get 30 years and you can watch it again <laughs> and you, you can you can watch it like you never watched it before. But when compared to a lot of the other stuff that that we watch, you know, or that that gets fed to us to watch, I feel like this is like it's a little bit more realistic. Have you ever watched the movie Threads? Have you ever heard of the movie Threads? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Though. So it's like for those who don't know, it's a it's a realistic portrayal or what they think is a realistic portrayal of what would happen after a nuclear like nuclear war across the world. And it's a BBC show and it goes. I mean, that's not that's like one of I've watched that movie a few times. It's not like a, I'm not like I'm in a bad mood. Let's watch Threads so I can see that everybody gets cataracts because the sun is you know, covered by this radioactive dust and it goes into your eyes and everybody fucking dies and the, you know, kids are left parentless and orphans. But I like that movie because it's realistic. It's like we watch all this apocalyptic TV or we watch, you know, I don't know, all this stuff. And it's always like the the human spirit triumph, you know, it's triumphs throughout all this stuff. Let's just get down to it. At the end of this show, they get Ellie to the doctor and their solution and I've read a bunch of stuff actually in the last couple of days. I won't, I won't get into it too in depth, but it's like these people 
the medical stuff that they try to do to Ellie, they're they're basically going to dissect her so that they can use her DNA or her blood or whatever to develop this cure. And they don't tell her that. And they don't tell Joel initially that, that that's what they're going to do. It's more like, oh, when we get you here to this hospital, they're going to just, you know, take your blood. They'll put it in a centrifuge or something. They'll separate it. And then they'll figure out how to make a vaccine. But the real... The real thing that they're going to do is they're going to kill her. She's going to die. And Joel decides that he doesn't, he's not going to let him do that. He's going to take care Don't of business. Don't they want to like take yeah, part, part of her, her brain. brain or something? Yeah. yeah. And it's, she's not going to survive it. He decides that her, she is too important to him for whatever reason. Either he thinks like, you know, he loves her. Or he, he feels that she's like the daughter he never had or the daughter that he did have that, that passed away. And he kills like all these research people, all these medical people that, are going to quote unquote save humanity. And instead he, he decides to save her instead because you know, whatever feelings he has for her trumps that that's real. You know, like people that are, if you were ever put in that situation where you had to decide if you're going to side with the greater good, or if you're going to, to side with the person that you love or the people that you love, that's, that's a real, that's a real thing. Regardless of what you would choose. I like the show because that's real. Like that's a real decision that, that, you might have to make or that someone would make. So yeah, it's bleak, but, and I've already gone on this diatribe, but shit sucks. Like, let's be realistic about it. I, I think it appeals to the realist in me more so than the optimist where I have to see the exciting fantasy ending because I, I feel like when it comes down to that, that's what's going to happen. Like, that's probably something similar to what's going to happen instead of having this, these rose colored glasses about how shit's going to work. In fairness, I don't want to come off as whatever you claimed I was with it. <laughs> I turn on a TV show to be entertained. And if you Were give you me nine episodes, I was not. No. And that's where my problem wow. was with mostly is I had moments where I was entertained. So ultimately, I don't think this is a bad show. And I, I honestly do think there's a lot of people, present company included, obviously, that would love the shit out of this show. I told my wife, I think she would like this show because she gets more into this type of show than I would. For me, I don't want to think when I watch TV. Thinking is the last thing I want to do. That's why I put on the fucking TV. If I want to think, I'll read a goddamn book, which is also bleak and depressing. I don't want that. You know, you can give me a depressing story, but find some ways to entertain me in the middle of that story or find more ways to entertain. Like, I want to, I want at least a 75% entertain ratio. I don't know that that's how much it was. I don't think this is a bad show by any stretch. I, I've said a couple times, the actors are great in it. I think the writing's pretty good in it. The storytelling is fine, with the exception of I'm not sure that they needed the two side quest yeah, episodes. episodes. Right. Like I said, one of those two is, in my opinion, the best of the, of the series thus far. So maybe I'm wrong. You know, there's a lot of positives to take from this show. It's just at the end of the day, when I was watching it, I find my, found myself more often than not thinking... I really don't like this. Like, I'm not enjoying watching this. And that's kind of where my biggest problem is with it. Yeah, and I think that that's fair. You know, everybody's different. Everybody has different opinions. I'm not a person that necessarily turns on something just to be, to turn my mind off and be entertained. I like to watch things or, and I don't read enough. I mean, there's so many things out there that probably clearly can be read. We, we could be reading what yeah, we're We could be having, this could be a book club podcast right <laughs> but it's not it's about <laughs> shitty movies and other stuff that we like consumption yeah consumption consuming things 
But I, I do like thought-provoking things. I like to watch documentaries. I, and not to say that you don't, but I'm, I like to watch things that make me think about, think about things. I like to get perspectives from things that I can't think of. I can only, my perspective is mine alone, you know, and I like to see other people's perspectives. And again, not to say that you don't, but you, you know, you stated that you like to, you do, you watch TV more to be entertained and just kind of like zone out and be able to watch it and not have to have feelings about it. You just want to be entertained by it. And I feel like I do, I have a lot of that too. Obviously we talk about a lot of these movies, we share a lot of opinions on it, but I like to, I like to be challenged. I like to when I watch something, I like to watch shit that I don't even like. You know, I mean, we watch, we talk about Black Devil Doll from Hell, and I've seen it several times. I watch Hallmark movies with my wife. I mean, I don't like Hallmark movies, and I think they're all kind of standard, bog your standard on, shit. On, your knowledge on Hallmark movies <laughs> is fucking impressive disturbing. for a guy who doesn't who doesn't like them. Let's just call it's a spade impressive. a spade. It's disturbing, but you know, I'll watch that. So it's I like to be pushed outside my comfort zone. I like to watch things that make me uncomfortable occasionally like i'm not going to watch a serbian film every day you know i'm not going to be like today's going to be the time i'm going to watch a serbian film today again again because i love it but you know i want a serbia thon yeah Ooh, serbia september newborn porn every day please like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna watch it the one time and that's good enough for me but there are some things that are depressing that i watch multiple times like i like threads i like that movie a lot and i've probably watched it quite a few times but your your opinion's valid, and I know that you know that I I I appreciate your opinion, and I know that you know you appreciate my opinion, and I think that's why this podcast works because we're not the same person. I mean that makes sense. So, but I think it's fair if if you don't if you're not entertained by the show, you're entertained by the show, but you're not you let you think the show's a good show, but you're not necessarily like it's something you wouldn't sit down and watch yeah, all the I'm, time. I'm not trying to bag on no. it from the and I don't think that you are of from a technical standpoint. Everything is absolutely fine with the show. Like, it's just not my bottle of beer. Yeah. Did we, did we do hot dog shows? <laughs> is it? Drinks? I don't know if we did. I think we did. I think Cobra I don't Kai think we, we did. Did we? I think so. Yeah, we might as well. Yeah, why it. the hell not? So go go ahead. Go with your hot dogs. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I think for me. Jesus Christ. I can't think of what I want. I'll give. I'll give it eight face mushrooms out of 11 hot dogs. I think that the show <laughs> is. No, don't no mushrooms on my pizza face, please. I mean, I, I guess I'll start there. I like the game. I think the show is a good representation of that. It's obviously, I think some of the criticism, some of the criticism, because I'm sure there's criticism from multiple fronts, but I think some of the criticism is, well, this isn't the same thing as the game. What? I, I, so I'm going to hold on. I'm going to disregard that right there. And I, I've said that, I don't know if I've said this or not, because we've not talked about any movie that really matters for this. I don't give a shit if the, like, I, I've, from what I've read and what I've seen, this is supposed to be pretty, um, faithful, faithful to the source material. And that's fine. I really don't care. Honestly, that can go good or bad. Like, if I wanted the exact same thing as the game, I would go play the game. I'm sure I could buy it. Yeah. I'm sure I could get a PS3 fairly easily. Yeah. And the same goes for, you know, comic book movies or like reboots or whatever. Like, I don't need a shot for shot thing. Like, we saw that in Psycho, and you bitched about that, too. So let's not act like it has to be shot for shot on everything. I bitched so. about it? No. Oh, okay. But I wasn't sure if I did. did. I don't, I I don't even know if you've seen the remake of Psycho or not. The Gus Van Zandt? Uh, sure, the Vince Vaughn one? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. But uh, anyways, if you want if you want to just, if you're pissed off because the, it's not the game, just go on YouTube and watch a Let's Play of the game. 
and you can watch it without anybody talking and you can just watch the game again if you don't want to play it. You can't bitch that that person, not you. The person that bitches that it's not the game can't bitch because the person that wrote the fucking story of the game wrote the fucking story of the show. You know what I mean? If they wanted to do the same thing, they would have done the same fucking thing. But anyways, I, I liked like, you know, I think that there is our moments of levity. I think that there are moments that are a little bit lighter. But the show is bleak. You know, it's supposed to represent a time period in human existence that's bleak. I mean, I'm sorry if that offends your delicate sensibilities, but, you know, that I wasn't offended. No, not you. I'm just talking about in general, like the criticism that it's bleak. I like bleak stuff. I'm a dark brooding individual, even though I come across as a nice flowery person that loves everything and and everyone. For those who don't know. Yeah. Every wall in Sean's home is painted jet black, but he wears a lot of polka dots. I thought you were going to say every every room in my in my home has a lot of holes in the drywall for me punching them. Then your name's not Kyle. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I give it I give it eight out of eleven. I would give it probably six hot dogs out of uh, ten Chef Boyardee cans. <laughs> beefaroni for me, please. Was it beefaroni? I thought it was a ravioli. Who the fuck cares? They're expired as shit in the movie. Anyway, in the show. I've said it a couple of times now, everything about this show is from a technical standpoint, kind of everything you expect it to be. If you have any history of watching HBO shows, for some reason, I've seen this compared to Game of Thrones a lot. And I, I don't necessarily think that's a fair comparison for either show. But if you like how HBO does their shows that are more, I'm going to call them hyper fictionalized, you're, you're going to probably feel at home here with a lot of that. My Again, actors are great in it. There's there's good things to be said, really, about the episodes and the show from start to finish. Just for me, I didn't like it. I didn't like watching it. I didn't like sitting through it. I was told that I was going to get in a fight tonight before we started <laughs> recording this. So, I'm sorry. Not my thing, but there is a huge audience for this show, and it's one of those. it's one of those titles that I totally get why there's that audience there for it. I'm just not really part of that audience. And just to piggyback off what you said, I think that HBO is, it's like the top of the mountain. The the gold standard. Yeah, the gold standard for prestige TV. I feel like any show that comes out on HBO, with few exceptions, if it's a new series or limited series that's coming out on HBO, it's something that I'm, I at least want to watch the first couple episodes to make sure that either it is for me or isn't for me. I think the only one in recent memory that I can think of that I didn't at least give a shot to was um, Lovecraft Country, but I think it's more that it was like concurrent with some other HBO show that I was already watching. So, and I look forward to this show every week when it came out, like, you know, we talked about earlier, I watched it every Sunday. So every new episode, you've been listening to the show. You've heard nine times, John say that he watched this. I'm just bragging. It's a humble brag that I watched it, it every week. Brag. While we're on the topic of HBO shows, uh, you know, today we did lose Lance Reddick, and he was a great character actor that was on a ton of HBO shows. So that's kind of a bummer. Since we're on the subject of bleak things, you know, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with him, look him up. Go watch The Wire. Go watch Oz. Oz. Go watch some of his other stuff. Fringe. He's yeah. He's been he's been in a billion things. Great actor. It's a bummer that he's gone. That's. We don't bring up actor deaths or actress deaths very often on this show, but that one kind of hit a little harder because he's he's fantastic. And on a lighter note, do we want to add anything else to the rest of this? <laughs> no, I mean, I I think we've said our piece. I didn't come in with a whole lot of notes. 
I was ready for a rumble. I didn't take any notes. And you provided so. me with a rumble. So hopefully we covered this in a in a respectful way, I guess. Like I I, I just kind of I don't think we ruined everything about the show. Well, I mean, even if we well, did, you should we did we maybe the spoiler the that you should, you know, spend your seven hours watching the show before you listen to the episode or nine hours or whatever it is. It's true. I just I know when we this comes out, everything. you'll have when this comes out, you'll have a couple weeks. Yeah, to simmer on it too. Between it too. So maybe so, we'll talk about, maybe John will, I can convince you to watch season two. Maybe we can talk about that as a whole. I don't know. I don't even know what it'll be about because I've only played the first game. So, and it kind of ends where the first game ends. If you can convince me to watch Black Devil Doll from Hell, I'm <laughs> sure you can convince you to watch another season of this. So anyway, so wrapping up here, again, this is only our second episode on a television sh- show. So we would really, really dig some feedback on... You know, if you listen to the first one with Cobra Kai and then this one, just things that we did okay with it, let us know. Send us messages, comments, emails, hate mail, whatever you got to do. Postal mail, if you can figure that out. (laughs) Any feedback like that would be great. If there's any shows you would like us to talk about, let us know. If you're asking us to watch like every season of Doctor Who or something, that's going to take a while, but we'll figure a Cliff Notes version or something. I don't even like Doctor Who. (laughs) Um, I like the theme song. That's fair. I like the Daleks. They're kind of spazzy. Yeah, they're freaky in a steampunk kind of way, I guess. Yeah. Mixed with like Star that Wars fucking or robot shit. I was Danger thinking Will of um, yeah, that guy. Yeah, well, that guy. Robbie? Robot. <laughs> Robbie. Robbie. I think it's Robbie. Anyway, robots aside, uh, we are not robots, at least not yet. So you can still follow us as actual human beings on any of the social media spots. We are at Dewey Pod Monster. You can follow us on our actual website, which is crap.town. There are no robots there either yet. Probably some other stuff. Subscribe. Leave us feedback. Yada, yada. Listen to Sean. Sean's got stuff to plug, too. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, if you have watched this show, if you have a different opinion or if you have a similar opinion to one of us, let us know. Like, tell us what you liked about the show, what you didn't like about the show, if you hated the show, if you loved the show. We want to hear your thoughts about the show, too, right? We're doing this because we want to interact with you and... If you tell us what you think, then that just makes us all very happy. But in the meantime, if you want to watch some other stuff and you want to see how or maybe why I am the authority on Michigan Craft Beer, you can check me out at youtube.drafttherapy.com. I just updated my SSL certificate, so if you go to that URL, it won't even tell you it's insecure anymore. But it'll take you right to my YouTube channel. You can check out, I don't know, like 500 different beer reviews, mostly from Michigan. And there are some interviews with local Michigan breweries. If you're into that sort of thing, and you can find me on all the social media networks at Draft Therapy. Okay. That's all we got this week. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to go walk out my door and start walking to the West Coast and hope I don't run into any infected mushroom people and tweet about it the whole way. Have a good weekend. Wow. That's a lot of tweets. Why am I saying weekend? This comes out on Tuesday. That's a lot of tweets. It'd be like four. Might not look it, but I'm a really fast walker. Are you a fast twatter, though? Can you tweet those tweets quickly? I mean, I have voice to text, so yeah. Oh, that's, that. yeah. It's a revelation. Make a lot quicker. It is. A lot of spelling errors in that yeah. somehow. That's all we got. Have a good weekend. Duck and auto, correct? God damn it. Have a good week. Cheers. <laughs> God damn it. sound clear right yeah you sound good okay young barry white okay
I don't know it's if that's a good a thing or a bad thing, but okay. This is how everything lands. It's going to be a long episode.